Amen. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Nick, and uh, I'm married to Faye, uh, and we have two uh, almost 11-month-old uh, twin girls. Um, unfortunately, uh, they're feeling ill today, so Faye's at home with them. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, so yeah, they're, they're actually 11 months old tomorrow, our, our twin girls, and um, them being ill at the moment, um, unfortunately, they're, they're not sleeping that well at night as well, and it kind of takes me back again to those first... Uh, you know, few months uh, where we didn't get much sleep, and uh, you know, fortunately, most of the time now they are sleeping a lot better. Um, but uh, yeah, it reminded me of those first few weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, if you've had small children yourselves, you you might remember those times. Uh, there's times when uh, you know they just won't go to sleep, so uh, it's sort of the middle of the night, uh, and you've, you're sort of sitting up in bed and you're holding them, um, and you're you're really tired yourself as well, but you're just reminding yourself, stay awake, stay alert, I need to, I need to not fall asleep now, I need to keep awake. Um, and uh, I, I remember sort of in the middle of those nights, sometimes it gets to, I think it got to around, when it gets to about five o'clock in the morning, uh, and we live near a, a, a clock tower, so you can hear the, the clock striking five as well. Um, and I think, you know, you're thinking, ah, oh, I can just about hear maybe some birds in the background and um, maybe the light's just about dawning. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm reminded that the night's nearly over. Uh, the day is almost here. Just stay alert that last minute. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the end, the end of this night is near. Um, and, I, I don't know, the day's always felt better, I think. Um, yeah. Um, and... Uh, the passage we're going to be looking at today, um, in the middle of the passage, there's a phrase, the end of all things is near. Um, and basically, what Peter is saying there is that uh, if you think about the whole biblical story, the whole, the whole history, um, starting in Genesis, starting in creation, we've swept through the whole of that, and we have, have come to Jesus breaking the kingdom in, and we're now at that final, uh, the end of all things is near. Um, and that's the context for this morning, and that's what I want us to sort of be thinking about um, as we look through the passage this morning. Um, so I'm just going to uh, read through the passage. Um, I think it should come up on the screen, hopefully, um, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of dive in. So it's uh, 1 Peter 4, 1 to 11. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body... Arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you, but they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached, even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. 
Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So, it's quite a long passage this morning, um, so I'm actually going to focus more on the second half of the passage, uh, but I just wanted to uh, mention a couple of points on the first half. Um, Andrew spoke last week uh, on Christ, the, the first verse, on Christ suffering in the flesh to bring ourselves to God. And this passage starts off by encouraging us to have that same attitude. And we're going to look in, in the second half of the passage this morning as to four practical ways in which we can now be living in this new life. And, and secondly, uh, on, in the first half of the passage, as we choose to die to our old life and live by the will of God, people will be surprised that we are no longer joining them. Jack actually is going to be focusing a bit more next week, um, talking a bit about what it means for us to be suffering uh, for being a Christian. So I'm only going to say this morning that as we live our lives as Christians, the world will be surprised at that. And sometimes we will face ridicule and we will face mocking for the choices that we make. So the second half of the passage, we're going to look at four practical instructions that Peter gives about prayer, love, hospitality, and using God's gifts. Uh, and as, as I've been looking at this and preparing over the last few weeks, um, I, I believe that um, there's two key points that, um, that sort of brought, uh, that God sort of spoken to me through that, um, and for us to be thinking about as we cover these four, four things. Um, I believe that in all those four things, it requires us to be intentional and to be vulnerable. And so we're going to be looking at that as we cover these things, in, to be intentional and vulnerable. So the first of these um, is to do with prayer. Um, I think the translation I used um, says, therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. And another translation that, that I was looking at says, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Uh, I don't know about you, but I find praying difficult. Um, sometimes I get distracted, maybe I'll start praying and then realize I'm thinking of something else. Um, sometimes I forget to pray, uh, I fall asleep praying, um, and I expect we all might have had similar experiences. Yet we keep trying in our prayers, and wherever we are on our journey of prayer, there's always more, there's always deeper we can go. Um, and it's important that as Christians we keep seeking God in prayer. And, it, and prayer is hard. Um, I think it's both very natural it's something that um, is sort of our, our cry, help God when we're in need. But it's also quite unnatural. Um, you know, when we speak to our friends, we speak face to face. But when we pray, it, it's not the same as that. Um, when I first read the, this phrase, um, you know, uh, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers, part of me thought, you know what, that sounds a bit boring, doesn't it? You know, be alert and of sober mind. Um, be serious and disciplined. Um, but I think that's kind of like our old way of thinking of prayer, 
that prayer is something that we have to do to please God, or else, um, you know, maybe he'll not be happy with us, um, and uh, or just something we, we do only when we need help. Um, and thinking of the, the context here, as I mentioned, the end of all things being near, maybe we think to ourselves, oh, I better look busy that I'm praying because Jesus is coming soon. But that's not true. That's not what prayer's about. Uh, in our new lives, in our spirit-filled lives, he's not coming to tell us off, but he's inviting us to come and to know him. Uh, and when it comes to this, the end being near, I wonder if Peter is, or because it's Peter who, who's, who's writing this letter, I wonder if he's thinking about that time he had with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, and his command to be serious and disciplined, I wonder whether it's an encouragement at that point, um, as you know, we also find ourselves at this end of all things is near. Um, it's the command to listen to our commander at that time. Uh, Jesus told Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane, watch and pray, because he knew these were critical moments in his life. Um, and yet the disciples fell asleep. Uh, and so maybe Peter's command is sort of partly to himself, like, wake up. It's nearly the end. Pray. Know God. Um, know his command. Know his leading. Pray. Pray for me. Pray for us. Pray for your friends. I think it's a, a rallying cry as well here. The end is near. It's to pray for us and a, a call for intercession. As we see the day approaching, there's a sense of urgency in our prayers. And I think Peter also learned um, with his prayer uh, about disappointments, and specifically the disappointment that he had that he hadn't stood by Jesus on that night. And I think if we want to be serious about prayer, it's important that we choose to share our joys with God, but also our disappointments as well. And in order to know God more intimately, we need to invite God into those intimate parts of our souls and invite him both into our deepest longings and also our deepest disappointments. Because if we hold back part of our heart from God, we can never really know every part of God and that requires vulnerability. Maybe there's a chance um, for us to reflect um, in our prayers. What, what is God speaking to us about our prayer lives? What does it mean also for us to be intentional about it? It doesn't necessarily mean doing more stuff, but maybe about finding help, helpful and healthy rhythms and practices in our daily lives. Um, the second point that, uh, that Peter goes on to is, uh, is for us to, he says, above all, maintain constant love for one another. Or maybe the translation uh, in the NIV says, love each other deeply. So Peter says here, above all, love one another. Not expect love from one another, but love one another. And it's a key command, this, love one another Love God and love one another. There are no other commandments greater than these. So what does deep love look like? What does it look like for us as a church to love one another? Uh, I think an important part of it is sharing one another's joys and pains. Um, I mentioned our, our twin girls. Um, we've been so thankful um, to share with, with you as our church um, some of the joys um, 
of these 11 months, um, particularly um, like a couple of weeks ago, they had their dedication. And, uh, you know, we're so thankful that we can share those times with you. Um, we've also had, as well as the joys, um, sort of very hard moments um, and, uh, you know, points where we've felt really broken and we, we've been to the end of ourselves. Uh, and I was particularly reminded of a time when... Um, uh, those first few months, um, the only way that we could get them to nap in the day was uh, pushing them around in the buggy. Um, and uh, there was a point when um, uh, one of the buggy tires got a puncture. And, uh, you know, you think, oh, it's only a, a small thing. But this was a, a crisis for us. Um, I, I, I tried to fix it, and then it went out again, and it, and it got another puncture. Um, and, uh, you know, that's one of the points where I thought I was sort of at the end of myself. Um, and I think that was a, a time for me to be vulnerable. Um, you know, I was a bit embarrassed, really, that I couldn't fix the tire. Um, but I was, so, you know, I just, I needed help, basically. Um, and, uh, and so I messaged on one of, uh, one of the Oak WhatsApp groups. And, uh, and then uh, Rob, fortunately, came to uh, our rescue, uh, <laughs> showed us love and, and, you know, helped fix the tire. And, uh, you know, the crisis was, was over. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I think if we want to love deeply, we need to be vulnerable uh, in the way that we receive and give out love. Um, and, you know, I showed a little bit of vulnerability there, kind of admitting that I couldn't do a fairly simple task. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was still a bit guarded, uh, you know, I, d I didn't, yeah. And I was still a bit guarded even then. Um, and, uh, you know, Faye, Faye, you know, also has, has uh, shared different experiences uh, of, of it being hard being a mother of the twins. And um, she shared with me that one story where she, she was right at the end of herself and, and happened to be just walking around. And, and there was a friend from church there, and she just uh, sort of, they've just embraced each other. Uh, Faye cried and, and, and sort of, and I think that even more so um, showed what it was like to, to share one another's pains. Um, I think, yeah, another way that we love one another um, and, and a way that shows the difference between the old and the new is that uh, maybe our old way, we only love those that we like or we only love our family and we're maybe nice to other people. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the command here is to love one another. And to do that, we need to get in and invest in each other's lives Otherwise, we might just be nice, but will we really know the issues in each other's lives to, to really love each other? Um, and again, I wonder if that's something that we can reflect on this morning. Um, do we have many of these relationships in church where we, we, we kind of know each other's joys and pains? If not, maybe that's, a, uh, you know, maybe that's for you to ask God, um, please show me who to invest in. Um, and do, do you know anyone well enough to know their biggest joys and pains? But equally, does anyone know yours? Uh, at church, we've, we've got life groups and community groups. So if you're not involved in those, I'd encourage you, that's a, a chance for you to get plugged into those, as there is opportunities within those to be intentional and to be vulnerable. And it is tough to love one another. Um, when you love, you care for someone. And when you care about people, um, you get upset when bad things happen. Um, but we are called to love, um, not just to be nice. And, and love does take that courage. Uh, I just wanted to make a quick point on um, this verse. says, uh, love covers a multitude of sins. And I don't, I don't think that that means that um, as long as we love each other, we can just carry on sinning because it's all covered. 
What I think it means is that love is hard and costly and requires sacrifice, and we can get hurt by others in church, just as at times we get hurt by our family um, when things go wrong. But what I think it means is that if we love one another, if we give and receive love, it enables us to overlook some of these minor offenses and forgive those who wrong us. Where there's goodwill and good heart, we're able to cope with some of the little knocks when we don't quite get it right or we don't say the right things, and it brings grace into the community. And, uh, and finally, uh, the end is near. The call is to be present and invest in each other's lives now. Our love for one another makes a difference, and the way that we love one another can also be so attractive to those outside of the church. Jesus said, by this, Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Thirdly, the passage goes on to say, offer hospitality without grumbling. And in this context, offering hospitality really meant welcoming and providing lodging for traveling Christians. And it was a command for the church not to do it begrudgingly, hoping that they would move on soon. Uh, but it doesn't tend to be something that happens as much in our culture, uh, although there were some opportunities recently to host uh, Wendy Mann and others from her church when they came uh, last month. Uh, but even then, the host knew how long they were staying. Uh, but even though this command might have meant something different uh, in Peter's culture, I still think our understanding of offering hospitality is good to consider. Um, I think it can mean inviting people into our homes for meals or to stay over, but I think it also means more than this, particularly when uh, Peter says to offer it without grumbling. I think one thing is often we get hospitality confused with entertaining. We assume our house has got to be perfect, our food's got to be gourmet, and our conversation has to be riveting all the time. But, but hospitality is it, it, just about opening up our homes and our lives just as we are inviting one another into our safe space, knowing that this does make us vulnerable, uh, but allowing them to really know us, to really see us, our habits, our real selves, not just what everyone sees on a Sunday. Um, and I think without grumbling, it can mean not just our friends, but, but others. Uh, offer, offer hospitality without grumbling. And also not just half-heartedly, but fully devoting our attention and our time. And this is something that I'm trying to learn as we bring up two daughters where I'm constantly being grabbed for attention and uh, it's hard to focus our attention on, on, on others. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th I think it means sort of giving up our time sometimes to bless others. Um, and it doesn't just have to be in our homes. Um, it, it can just be doing life with other people um, and inviting them in to, to join us as we do those. Maybe we're, we're going on a trip shopping or we were going to go for a walk anyway. Like just inviting people to, to come alongside us and do that, do, do that with us. Um, you know, if you feel like you're too busy to host, uh, just think about that, what, what you're normally doing and, and, and invite people into that. The fourth command, we've had prayer, love one another, of hospitality to one another. And the, the final thing that Peter mentions here is to, to serve one another with whatever gift you have received. Uh, the gifts that uh, God gives us are given by his grace for us to steward and to serve one another. And his exhortation here is to be serious about using these gifts. It takes sacrifice and vulnerability to use 
uh, gifts. The, the gifts that God give, gives us are not for us, but they're for our church. By God's grace, he gives various gifts uh, in order to serve others. And um, that, there's an exhortation here to take that seriously. Firstly, if you don't know what your gifts are, then there's an encouragement here to find out. Maybe try some, maybe ask someone else what, what they think the gifts that you have. Maybe there's sort of questionnaires you can do to help you figure those things out. Um, if you do know what your gifts are, uh, God asks you to use them to serve others. Uh, when we use our gifts to serve others, it can bring us such joy. Um, God's each, God has given us each different gifts to bless and serve each other. And sometimes when we use them, it, it even blesses ourselves. However, using our gifts can also open us up to vulnerability and hurt. Maybe someone doesn't notice that you've been serving, or maybe you shared a word of prophecy and you know, somebody dismissed it or it, it wasn't quite right. Um, so yeah, so let's be gracious and kind with each other and encouraging as we learn to practice these uh, and to practice using our gifts to serve each other. Um, Peter goes on to say, uh, whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God, and whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies. For those with more serving gifts, the command here is to do it in God's strength and not our own. And for those with more speaking gifts, like prophecy, teaching, evangelism, maybe sharing a word of encouragement or prophecy, uh, they're to, to shake off false humility and speak in a way that enables those hearing to know that we are speaking God's words to them. And this verse has been an encouragement for me this week um, as I've been preparing, uh, because for me, sometimes there's a temptation to wonder whether I, I do really have words to share, um, and I know it's something that the enemy might want to attack me on. However, when I share, I pray that God's Spirit is at work through the gifts he has given me, uh, and he will speak his own words um, to our hearts. Uh, it's not for me to say, you know, God told me this and God told you that, but it's for me to recognize that, that God will speak to us uh, as we listen to his words. Um, so, yeah, just sort of drawing things together. Um, we, uh, we've been looking at... Uh, being serious about our prayer, loving one another, offering hospitality to one another, and serving one another with whatever gift you have received. And I think the key point running through prayer and loving one another and showing hospitality to one another and serving one another is that message to be intentional and to be vulnerable about it. It takes intentionality to be faithful in our prayers, to choose to be hospitable and to use our gifts but it also takes vulnerability to pray as we open ourselves up to disappointment. To really get to know God, we have to fully open up our hearts to him, and that means being vulnerable and sharing our deepest longings and vulnerabilities. And to truly love each other deeply, we have to allow others to really share in our deepest joys, but also our deepest pains. And just to come back to that uh, point I mentioned at the start, that the end of all things is near, why, why, therefore, why do we have to be intentional? Why do we have to be vulnerable um, as, as we realize that the end of all things are near? It's because we're, we're so close to the end. Don't give up. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on each other. And it's because our prayer and our love make a difference. The battle is still raging. The victory is secure. The end is near. 
but therefore we need to keep praying and we need to keep loving because our prayer matters, our love matters as God uses them to achieve his purposes and he uses us to bring lost people home. I'm just going to pray um, to close us and, uh, and then uh, I think Graham and the band will lead us in a few more songs. Father God, thank you um, for speaking to us this morning. Lord, we, yeah, we thank you um, that uh, your kingdom has broken in, Lord. You have made a way for us to, um, to know you. Um, you have equipped us with your spirit to, to do these things, Lord. So it's not about striving hard to do them, but it's a choice we have, a choice to, to know you better as we pray. To, to keep praying for our friends, uh, a choice we have to, to love each other deeply. Um, and uh, yeah, as we reflect on those, Lord, I pray that you'd continue to, to speak to us, um, continue to guide us. Um, may we hear what it is that you are speaking to us. Uh, may we choose to, uh, to step forward into that. Amen. <laughs>